Okay. Will my mic hold position? That's the real mystery in this episode. It's 2 a.m. Welcome back to the 2 a.m. Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. It is week one of my Mystery Marathon March reading challenge, where we are spending the month of March reading as many, as many mystery books as we can manage. If you're interested in joining this reading challenge, definitely check out the link in the description. Please note that since this reading challenge is being hosted on the Storygraph, you will need to create a Storygraph account in order to join this challenge if you don't already have one. So, I kicked off my mystery marathon march with a thriller that I've been excited to read for a while now, and that thriller is Alice Feeney's 2023 release, Good Bad Girl. Good Bad Girl opens with a dramatic scene where a baby is stolen from a stroller at a supermarket, so basically every new mom's worst nightmare. And then we cut to 20 years later, where four women, elderly Edith, uptight Cleo, runaway teenager Patience, and the mysterious Frankie are brought together by a murder where they are all considered suspects. But of course, they are all also connected by the shocking secrets tied to the baby's disappearance so many years before. I was really looking forward to Good Bad Girl, but unfortunately, it was kind of a letdown. And I'm here today because I want to break down why exactly Good Bad Girl was such a disappointment. Let me begin with some positive thoughts and then we'll get to the things that didn't really work for me. So, the positives. The biggest positive for me was the book design, which I know doesn't actually have anything to do with the content of the book, but whoever did the formatting for the physical version of Good Bad Girl deserves all of the praise, a promotion, a pay raise, because I absolutely loved the way that this book was laid out. The design of this book was so professional and made for such a pleasant reading experience and I really appreciate that. The little illustrations for each chapter heading were also super cute. I love it when books do that. Other positives are the imagery. I thought the imagery and descriptions in this book were stronger than what I was expecting. 
And I also really was interested in the discussions about elder care, the difficulties involved in caring for the elderly, the abuse that unfortunately is so common in nursing homes, and the systemic issues that lead to these problems. And the scary part is that there's nothing you can do about getting older, about needing to be cared for, about eventually losing your independence. The nursing home scenes and the focus on Edith, an older woman, were the best and most interesting parts of Good Bad Girl, but unfortunately, the nursing home only really appears in the first third or so of the book, and after we leave that setting, the issues with the book unfortunately become much harder to ignore. Because, like I said, overall, Good Bad Girl was a bit of a letdown, and I think it really comes down to three main issues, plot, pacing, and characters. By the way, in case you're concerned, there will not be any spoilers in this episode, because I'm not saying that this is a bad book, just kind of a disappointing one. Let's begin with issue number one, the plot. Again, no spoilers. Good Bad Girl is a thriller featuring four point-of-view characters and therefore has at least four different storylines going on at the same time. Edith wants to escape her nursing home, Patience wants to help Edith, but also has ulterior motives she's not telling us about yet. Frankie wants to find her missing daughter, and Cleo mostly wants to be left alone, which, fair, but also feels guilty about what's happened to her mother, Edith. And none of this is even taking into account the fact that for the vast majority of the book, these characters are just going about their day-to-day -day lives. Cleo is a therapist who lives in a fancy house. Frankie is a prison librarian who lives on a houseboat. Patience is an artist who lives in someone's attic. It's great to have characters with a lot going on, but... The problem is that all of these different storylines create a plot that has no real cohesion. The focal point of the story is allegedly the murder in which all of these women are considered suspects. But I say allegedly because none of these women seem to care about the murder or who committed it or why. And as a result, the plot has no forward momentum because these characters spend most of the book doing a whole lot of nothing. There are only two characters with clearly defined motivations and desires, and none of those things are used to move the plot forward. The only dynamic character in the entire book is the detective, 
a side character who isn't even a point of view character, but is apparently the only person in the entire book with a working brain. As a result, the plot ends up hinging almost entirely on the four main characters having pointless conversations where they do their absolute best not to communicate important, vital information to each other. And then the detective character shows up every so often when the author decides that the story needs to move forward. Which brings us to issue number two, the pacing. Because for a thriller, Good Bad Girl is just not very thrilling. The characters don't feel like they're in danger at any point. Because despite being under suspicion for murder, you know that nothing's going to come of it. Because at no point is there any actual evidence that one of these women committed murder and the police can't actually convict someone over bad vibes or circumstantial evidence. There's no external threat from the police. There's certainly no internal threat from each other. And at some point you stop wondering what's going to happen and you instead start wondering when we're going to get to the reveals because we already know that that's the real point of the reading experience. And was it just me or were the plot twists also kind of boring? I'm sure opinions will vary, but in my opinion, the plot twists just weren't worth the amount of boring, tension-free story it took to get to the reveals. I feel like I could have just skipped the entire book and just read the final couple of chapters and gotten about the same amount of value out of this book. And then finally, issue number three, the characters. I read a lot of thrillers, and what I've noticed is that most of the time, thriller characters are only as interesting as the secrets they are keeping from us. Generally speaking, the more you think a character in a thriller is hiding, the more interesting you're going to find them. A lot of characters in thrillers are paper thin as far as any real complexity, but that's fine as long as you're focused on what they do or don't know, what they are or aren't capable of doing. But in Good Bad Girl, the focus is less on the characters and their secrets because the author is very clearly trying to focus on the characters as characters. More specifically, the major theme that the author is exploring in this book is mothers and daughters and the perspective that a mother has of her daughter versus the perspective that a daughter has of her mother. And the point the author seems to be making is twofold. One, our perspectives are limited and subjective. And two, more generally, 
people are complex and mother-daughter relationships in particular are incredibly difficult to navigate. These are all valid themes that could really work for a thriller. The problem is that fundamentally, these characters are just not deep enough or nuanced enough to carry these themes or explore them in any new or meaningful way. Patience is boring. Frankie is one note. Cleo is just the stereotypical, seemingly composed, but internally crumbling female thriller lead in her 40s, and Edith fluctuates between bitter mother and teddy bear grandma. Thriller characters and thriller authors don't tend to deal in nuance or shades of grey, and I can respect that an attempt was made to break out of the usual thriller mold, but honestly, I just don't think it paid off. So yeah, I was disappointed by Good Bad Girl, and it was particularly disappointing because I enjoyed both of the previous Alice Feeney books I read, which were Rock, Paper, Scissors and Daisy Darker. Rock, Paper, Scissors is about a married couple who go to an isolated cabin for a weekend away in a last-ditch attempt to make their relationship work, and Daisy Darker is a retelling of Agatha Christie's classic book, And Then There Were None. Daisy Darker is about a family who reunite for their grandmother's birthday, but who become trapped in the house with a killer who's picking them off one by one. If you're looking for something to read next for Mystery Marathon March, I think both Rock, Paper, Scissors and Daisy Darker are really good choices. What really worked for me about both of these Alice Feeney books is that first off, they're both incredibly claustrophobic stories. These characters don't want to be in these situations, but they're trapped there anyway with people that they think they know well, but discover that they don't actually know at all. But also, both books feature actually shocking plot twists that force you to recontextualize everything you've read up to that point. Both of these books, when I got to the end, I almost immediately went back to the beginning and reread because I just had to see how it would be different to read knowing what I knew at the end. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that both these books were tense, twisty, exciting, even shocking. Everything that Good Bad Girl was not. I'll probably still pick up Alice Feeney books in the future, but Good Bad Girl was definitely a miss for me, and I'm kind of sad about it because I was looking forward to it so much. And I'm also sad about it because now I have a physical copy of a disappointing book on my bookshelves and 
I am going to have to figure out what to do about it. But because the challenge is to read as many mystery books as you can, I also picked up two other mystery books this week, and I'm happy to report that both of these books were much more enjoyable reading experiences than Good Bad Girl. Mystery book number two that I read this week was A Most Agreeable Murder by Julia Seals. This is a Regency-era murder mystery set in Swampshire, <laughs> an imaginary county in England that is obsessed with manners and propriety. Our heroine is Beatrice, whose decidedly improper hobby is obsessively reading and theorizing about true crime, which is a tiny bit anachronistic since it really wasn't until the Victorian era that the public's interest in true crime really took off, but that's fine. Anyway, Beatrice and her family attend a ball at a neighboring family's mansion when a storm breaks out, an eligible bachelor drops dead, and they're trapped with a killer, which delights Beatrice because now she can test her theories against reality. Trapped in a mansion with a killer is a classic mystery setup for a reason. I have read at least a dozen books like this, and I'll likely pick up dozens more in the future because it's just a premise with a lot of potential. Now, as far as the particular execution of this premise goes, A Most Agreeable Murder has a lot of positives and also a couple of negatives. The biggest positive of this book is that it's very fun to read because it's so funny and sarcastic and lighthearted and it really reminded me in many ways of a Regency-era version of the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels, but with more mystery and less romance. Other positives are that it has mixed-media elements, which I have a weakness for, and I thought that the characters, while a bit flat, were a lot of fun to spend time with. Now for the negatives. I compared A Most Agreeable Murder to The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels, but The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels is definitely a little more elegant and deft in its execution. There are a couple of times in this book where a most agreeable murderer falls into the trap of being just a bit too dramatic and silly. Also, I have to say that if you take half a minute to think about the themes of this book, the killer is pretty obvious. I spent the entire book waiting for Beatrice to finally figure out the killer, but that might just be me having read way too many mysteries. But like I said, I really, really enjoyed reading A Most Agreeable Murder, and if you're looking for something to follow up the Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels with, then definitely consider picking up A Most Agreeable Murder. And then the final mystery book I read this week was 
everyone in my family has killed someone by Benjamin Stevenson. This is a meta mystery book, as is very clear since on page one, we get the 10 rules of detective fiction. And this meta-ness is a recurring theme throughout the book. Our protagonist is Ernest Cunningham, who comes from a family where everyone has killed someone and who has now been invited to a family reunion where, surprise, someone starts killing people. And Ernest is a narrator who takes every single opportunity to remind you that you are reading a mystery book and he is aware that he is writing a mystery book. Meta humor is maybe possibly the most divisive kind of humor there is, especially in books. And I am someone who likes meta humor a lot, but there were definitely times when the meta-ness of this book was a bit too much for me. Also, I really was not expecting some very very graphic violence, including a scene where there is degloving, which you should not look up unless you want to ruin your day. But I only mention it because I feel like if you looked at the cover, which is adorable, you would not expect this level of intensity. Anyway, having said all of that, I still enjoyed this book, mostly because despite the essential lightheartedness, the narrative still treats all of its characters as fully fleshed out human beings, and it had some really interesting things to say about crime and murder and family and criminal justice, or rather, the lack thereof. Everyone in my family has killed someone was a fun ride. It absolutely had some twists I did not see coming. And if you're in the right headspace to handle a book that is mostly lighthearted but can get pretty serious, again, graphic violence, then I think this could be a good choice. I wasn't planning to read the sequel at first, the sequel being everyone on this train is a suspect, but then I made the mistake of looking at the blurb and it's apparently about a bunch of authors on a train and one of them is a killer. So, of course, I had to go ahead and check the sequel out at the library because I am apparently very easy to manipulate. So look out for my thoughts on the sequel in the coming weeks. So those are all of the mystery books I read during the first week of our Mystery Marathon March reading challenge. One, Good Bad Girl, was a letdown, but the other two books were very engaging, a lot of fun, and I think I would recommend them. Again, with the caveats I've already mentioned. And the other two I read were A Most Agreeable Murder and Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone. Also, if you are interested in picking up an Alice Feeney book, I would definitely suggest going with either Rock, Paper, Scissors or Daisy Darker. I'm happy with how my first week of the Mystery Marathon March reading challenge turned out, 
And if you are participating in my reading challenge, then I hope you also had a fun first week as well. If you want to join the reading challenge, the link is in the episode description, and I do hope that you will choose to participate. Again, you will have to create a StoryGraph account in order to join. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I will be back next week at 2AM. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels. Thank <laughs> you.